and welcome to another edition of the Wimbledon Microcast. I'm Dan Cottrell and today I'm joined by Rishi Raithatha, who is a London-based digital finance specialist with a focus on microinsurance, financial inclusion and emerging technology in low and middle income countries. An experienced writer, he also runs a bespoke business writing masterclass for companies and he joins me now from Rivertech in Rickmansworth. Hi Rishi. Hi Dan, how are you? Very well, thank you. Good to see you. Thanks for taking the time to join us on the Wimbledon Microcast today. No, thanks for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here. I should say that, you know, as London-based as I am, I'm outside of London, so maybe that's something I need to think about <laughs> restating in the future. They even include Luton Airport as London, so it could well, be the, anywhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is a fair point. So where is outside for you? Outside for me is Rickmansworth, which uh, I suppose doesn't have a London postcode, but it is, in the, it is on the Metropolitan Line, so yeah, exactly. it counts. It's on a tube line and Luton doesn't even have that, does it? So there you go. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, so tell us more then, Rishi, about what you do. Right. So um, I have a day job where I uh, work as a consultant for an insurance company, or should I say an insure tech based in Kenya. And they provide insurance to small scale farmers uh, who actually form the vast majority of most farmers worldwide. And I help them manage their research and consulting um, work stream. Uh, but in addition to that, I've got a bit of a side hustle, as, as everyone likes to call it. And, and for me, uh, my business, you could say, is to offer uh, writing, a business writing training courses to individuals and, and companies, primarily companies, of course. I offer a structured training course. And, and the beauty about this course is that although it is structured, it can be tailored uh, for specific companies uh, and their needs. Um, in terms of some of the things that the course covers, it looks at what makes good business writing, how to develop your own style, how to understand your target reader and then adapt your writing accordingly, uh, and ways in which you can improve your piece's readability. Uh, and there are some very clever things that I've learned along the way, which I, like, I, I basically have incorporated into the course for, for people to take away. And of course, uh, how to edit and proofread like a champion. <laughs> like a champion, I like it. And, um, you know, there's so many people that are starting side hustles at the moment. I think the pandemic really uh, accelerated that. Was it, was it a pandemic startup that, uh, that you know, got you to do that? I'd love to say yes, but I think there's more to the story than that. So in my previous uh, role, I used to work for the GSMA, which is the Mobile Industries Trade Association. And my role there was to do a lot of research uh, on all sorts of cool technology that was emerging, particularly in, in low and middle income countries, and then profile them through reports or blogs or even webinars. And because of that, I was always in a position where I wanted to try and improve my own writing skills. Even though I, I felt I was a good writer, I always felt that I could do better. And within the company, I know there was demand for a writing course, but there wasn't anything that they were offering. Um, so I managed to join a, a one-year-long management program that the company offered, and it was a selective process that, that got me onto it, which was good. What they offered through that was to, to give everybody a bit of money to go away either on a course or a conference, and, and then you come back and sort of write a report or something like that. So I, I asked if I could go on a writing course. I, I found one uh, online, and uh, it wasn't expensive, so the company agreed to sponsor me, and I went on it for 10 weeks. And it was a really good course. I really enjoyed it. And as, as a payback to my employer, who I felt was quite generous because they were giving me money for a course during the pandemic when, sure. um, when not everybody was in a good position, I decided to bring all that knowledge back and develop a course internally because there was demand uh, for, for writing courses. 
And, and, and this worked quite well because this management scheme I was on uh, also required me to carry out an independent project. So I benefited by taking their money and going on this course, but then I thought, well, I could run this project and create a course. Sure. So I did that. And, um, uh, and, and earlier this year, I ran the course a few times. It went really well each time because I got lots of good, good feedback, positive feedback and constructive feedback, which was necessary each time to improve the course. And for me, I think the icing on the cake was to be given a, a, an internal recognition award for the course, which had a cash prize. So, Ama- so oh, amazing. That. Well, that's that's even better. Nice bonus <laughs> there. And it's really nice, isn't it, to hear that your employer, where you've got your day job, is so supportive of your side hustle. Because I guess that you know many you know many people that start these side hustles are a bit reluctant to kind of mention it to their employer because you know they're just scared that they think they're not going to be committed to the business anymore or they might leave eventually so how refreshing is that to have your you know day job you know, employer behind it yeah absolutely so i think where i currently am uh, working as a consultant they they recognize that everybody's got a side hustle i think that's just the reality of of life at the moment um, so I think what they what they ask is that you can pursue that, but it shouldn't interfere with your day-to-day job. My case is slightly unique where I offer something that companies want to some extent. So what they've said is, okay, well, we have no problem with what you do. In, if, in, any, in fact, in any case, could you please actually come and deliver the course for us? And can you offer it at mate's rates? So <laughs> it puts me in a slightly advantageous position where I can be a bit overt about what I actually do and, and, and how I offer it. Fab, fab. So how much time do you spend between your day job and the the, uh, side hustle now? Yeah, that's a good question, Dan. And I mean, you know, this is the thing. Having a day job means that I still spend a lot of time. In fact, I spend the vast majority of my time on that. And whatever time I need for for the training course, masterclass, I try and fit around around the business and, and of course, the the needs of of people who, who uh, who want this course. Well, at the moment, because it's summertime, it's been a bit slow, so I haven't had to do too much. But I think uh, having had preliminary conversations with a number of uh, organizations, there will be a need coming in the autumn. And so I'll have to find additional time to, to carry out a number of tasks like researching writing needs, trends, uh, linguistic evolutions, and also making sure that I remain well-versed in what constitutes good business writing. So this will involve going on courses myself to make sure that my knowledge remains uh, up to date and, and refreshed as well. For sure. So I, I guess you get so much variety now on a, on a daily basis. Is there a typical day in, in your life, Rishi? I, I would say uh, there isn't a typical day because it seems to vary. Often, you know, when I've got a very busy day with my day job, I'm not thinking about what, what I need to do for my side hustle. And then I'll have a quiet day when I'll probably be able to think a little bit more or, or have a few calls or discussions or so. And of course, with the nature of remote working, it means that you don't really necessarily have to get everything done by that particular deadline or so. You, sure. you could be working on it in the middle of the night if you want to. So it does mean that I can, I can blend my day as, as and when I, I need to. I suppose as things become a bit busier, it'll be a case of trying to, trying to take, take out chunks out of my, my day job and, 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 and carry out the courses. Um, but I think there's a plan in place for that to make sure that I'm not shortchanging anybody in the process. Yeah, very good. Uh, and the USP now for this for the side hustle. I mean, there's <laughs> many people, I guess, trying to do what you're doing, but uh, you want to set yourself apart from from those people and and obviously deliver training courses for businesses. What is that USP? Do you think? 
Yeah, well, Dan, I promised you that I wouldn't read any of the lines I'd written, but unfortunately, <laughs> this is one I have to read out. And, and I, I appreciate, you know, I appreciate being, um, being allowed to come on and talk to you because I think this, this gave me the sort of impetus to come up with a USB. Um, it's one of those things you learn when you're studying business studies at school and you sort of forget, but it is important. So for me, I think the key thing is to provide a high quality, interactive and personalized training experience that leaves individuals better skilled than, than they might have been before uh, when it comes to writing. And that's not, it's not just writing reports or anything like that, but all kinds of business writing, whether you want to learn how to write a particular type of email or letter, or if you want to be able to try and sell yourself in 150 words, that's something that I can certainly help um, individuals and even businesses do. And does it come naturally to you? Because, you know, to be a, a good writer, I think, you know, it takes a lot of time, takes a lot of practice. You know, you kind of need to, you know, sit down and give it a lot of thought. You know, there, there are not many people that can just churn out copy at the drop of a hat. You know, you've really got to put yourself in the right environment and the right mindset and, you know, kind of get yourself in, in, in the right, you know, the right industry surrounded by the right research as well. You know, how have you learned that and is it just something that you've always excelled in whether it be in your academic career and then in your your actual actual career you know is it something you have had to work at yeah that's a it's a really good question and um this is a question i've had to ask myself how do i get better how do i how do i make it an innate quality i did two degrees that required a lot of writing so my undergraduate degree was in economics and politics so lots of essays and then my master's degree was in international relations. So again, lots of essays and both of them required that helps, I guess, very yeah. lengthy dissertation. It does help. However, academic writing, <laughs> academic writing is something that doesn't work in the business world. Uh, you can't use certain terms. You can't use certain, uh, certain styles. And you certainly cannot write in a passive way for a business audience. You're going to lose them instantly. So effectively, I found myself having to unlearn and relearn everything. So unlearning the academic writing that I'd... I'd, I'd learned at university and then just trying to understand what made sense for businesses. And, and, and there's one very simple rule, which is to keep it very simple. Short sentences, words that are familiar. No, no cliches, of course, but words that are familiar. Anything yeah. that you can explain to your grandmother in two or three sentences means that you're probably, probably on the right track there. And now I think practice really does make perfect. Um, the more I have uh, written and also read, I think reading is important because... To understand what is good writing, you need to see it. You need to read it out aloud as well, and that'll help you. That'll help. You, that'll give you the aha moment, like that. That does make sense. You know, that's really good, or that's that's very easy to understand. Um, so that those are some of the things that that have really helped me, and those are some of the things that ultimately you you would you you should do whether you you, you go through a course or not um, yeah. at the end of the day. So um, I, th I think it can be learned. It just takes time and patience. For sure. And I, I really like your your tip there. If you can write it and your grandmother can understand it, then you've probably done a, 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 a really good job. What What is the dream? Is it, you know, to, to kind of move away from the data? I probably shouldn't say this. The employer might be listening. But, you know, <laughs> is it to is it to do this full time or is it to continue with, the, you know, as a side hustle and a bit of a, a bit of hobby and, you know, uh, you get the best of both worlds, I guess? Yeah, honestly, there's there's no there's nothing to hide here. You know, I remember talking to uh, talking to the, the company about longevity and I think everybody was quite forthright with each other about the fact that companies are there for a while they may or may not be there forever so you have to always think about yourself I guess and I suppose for me right now I enjoy my day job a lot it's it's really good fun because it's it's about a subject that I am well versed in and passionate about 
And so I guess the, the dream for me, uh, at least in the short term, would be to have a retainer with a couple of organizations. Um, that would be ideal, where you can deliver a consistent program. Um, and, and that also allows you to try and test new training ideas and methods. Um, uh, but ultimately, you know, having a, something like a public-facing course that runs two, two or three or four times a year uh, on topical writing needs, that would be good. I don't know how I'd fit that around my day job right now, so I guess that's a different problem I'd face. Um, but yeah, I think, I think something along those lines would be what I'd be quite satisfied with. Um, one thing I've always thought about is that universities are good, good organizations to work with um, because you always have students who want to join the labor force and, and, and work for companies, and, and often they're not very well equipped in terms of writing cover letters. This is something I struggled with myself, actually. Sure. Um, it's taken years and years of practice and speaking to colleagues and friends in terms of how to write a good cover letter. So, yeah, I guess part of the dream would be to, uh, to, to teach that as a skill as well. Fantastic. Now, you're based uh, at RiverTech in Rickmansworth, uh, part of the Wimbledon community who host this particular podcast. Um, how important has that moved to a business community, an entrepreneurial community uh, like Wimbledon being um, instrumental in your business growth? I think it's really important. I think you can you can grow um, you can grow a business organically if you're if you're at home, but it does take a lot of dedication and. and a lot of perseverance, and I think the one thing I've really, I've re- really liked. We we talked about this off air as well. Was that you, you're within a community where you have colleagues, but there's no politics because nobody works together in the same sort of venture or so. Um, so I think that's been really, really good and really useful for me. Um, I, I I like a lot of the people I I sit around with. They're, they're great and they have something to offer. There's all sorts. You know, there's somebody who's who's good at building apps. There's someone else who's a mortgage broker. That's always Always a good person. To <laughs> That's know. always handy. Yeah. <laughs> there's someone who's in commercial real estate. There's someone else who's in change management, and there's a gentleman who's in uh, who's in the telecoms business, which I used to be in. So it does mean that there's always, um, you know, there's always some familiarity there, and that diversity always has something to offer. This morning, some one of them came and asked me a question about how to how to do some marketing or how to do some advertising, and I, I wouldn't say I, I knew the question, I knew how to answer the question entirely, but the suggestion I had actually had a bit of relevance so it meant that we could just exchange ideas and and that was that was yeah really nice and pleasant I suppose yeah which is fantastic isn't it you know and 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 there's not many uh office spaces where you can go where you can collaborate on that kind of level in a in a non-threatening way it's not like somebody you think oh no this person's gonna gonna want to charge me a you know a few thousand pounds for a bit of advice you know it's just like having your colleagues sitting around albeit in different industries but you know that there's always someone to have a cup of tea with and kind of you know talk through some challenges that you might be having that's true so um one of one of my colleagues here saw that I changed uh, jobs on LinkedIn, and uh, I got over a hundred likes. And she came to me and said, "That's quite amazing. You're really popular." And I said, "Well, I'm part of a small industry, so a lot of people know each other." And she then asked me how you try and uh, get traction on LinkedIn, how you get people to like your posts, and. I said, well, you know, my course teaches this. <laughs> and she said, I can't afford your day rate. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, obviously is tongue in cheek. But uh, at the end of the day, there are always things that, that can be shared that don't really cost any money at the end of the, for, for anyone, I guess. And we also talked about off air the fact that you have uh, two twin boys at home as well, which is, probably makes it even more important that you come uh, to the office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I, I think um, I think being a parent is, is hard and, and being a parent for newborns is, is even harder and being a parent for newborn twins is the hard, one of the hardest things. Multiples are really not easy. And uh, I think it was important for me to, to join uh, to join a space like this where I could could carry out my work, but also not be too far away. I only live down the road, so it doesn't sure. mean that I can always pop home and, and help out as and when required. Brilliant. Uh, Rishi, how can people get in, in touch with you if they uh, like the sound of what you're offering now, they like the USB, they want to hear more, how can they find you? Great. Well, I, I have a website, so it's rishiraithatha.com. I guess my surname is perhaps the mouthful one here. Um, <laughs> you may want to spell is, it. <laughs> yeah, sure. So Rishi is like the Chancellor, Rishi Sunak. And then my surname is Raithatha, which is R-A-I-T-H-A-T-H-A. So all one word, dot com. Um, I think there you can see some of the some of the things I've been up to uh, in terms of the blogs and reports I've produced. I've even gone ahead and produced a few videos and taken part in webinars, and that's all there for, for anyone to see. Uh, but but more importantly, you can get in touch with me um, to learn about the, um, the the writing masterclass. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn and Twitter, uh, easily contactable via either, and uh, very happy to talk to anybody and answer questions, and tell them more about the course. And now you've got a podcast that you can add to that website as well. Ah, uh, yeah, absolutely. No, this is uh, this is very exciting. I've I've enjoyed listening to podcasts for so many years, and finally get to be on one. So I'm I'm really thrilled. Uh, well, I'm, I'm honoured that you could do it with us here on the Wimbledon Microcast. Rishi Raithatha, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks very much, Dan. Thank you.